Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Coming to you on a cold Saturday morning, but uh, let's, let's not let the cold morning fool you. I think I, th- I took a look at the forecast today, and it's going to warm up quite nicely during the day. It's going to be a beautiful November day for us here in South Louisiana. Uh, looks like more than a foot and a half falling tide for us here on the North Shore, so... Don't let the cold start affect your trip. It's going to warm up quite nicely, and looks like it's going to warm up throughout the week. So a good week of fishing coming as well. Um, and, look, that's going to be the theme of the show this morning, how to deal with these cool fronts that pass through this time of the year, uh, you know, and coming up in December as well. You know, it, it seems right when the weather stabilizes and the, the barometric pressure is stabilized, wham, another cold front blows past. And, yeah, the rain, the winds switch around. Uh, switch around to the north, uh, it drains all the water out, the pressure drops, goes haywires, and, well, for the most part, you're left with a, a day or two after the front. Uh, that fishing, they, well, those fish seem to have lockjaw, it seems. So the cold fronts have started, and, and that signals a time to change up your approach to uh, how you fish. But, look, it's because of these cold fronts that we have the cold weather, huh? Uh, November is one of the best months to fish, and it's because those water temperatures are perfect. Uh, the rivers and the lake, anytime you get the water temperatures in the upper 60s and, and lower 70s, that, that's going to translate into fish. So what's going on on the North Shore? <laughs> well, glad you asked. For one, we've had a, a pretty solid speckled trout run at the uh, Trestle Strain Bridge in Slidell. Uh, this started up around about a month ago and uh, it's still going strong. Those trout are uh, they'll ultimately move out into deeper water, but for now they're at the Trestle's. Uh, They've been known to hold to that bridge uh, since January sometimes if those temperatures are warm. Um, I recall a winter, I think it was 2017, where we, we were still catching trout at the trestles in January. Of course, that, that was a record-breaking uh, warm winter, so that's something to gauge the specs with. But uh, I look for these fish to, to be caught easily into December. Um, you know, When you start seeing those water temperatures dip into the 50s, that's, that's when we'll see the trestles die off, and then the speckled trout anglers can, you know, they move on down to the Biloxi Marsh and then over there um, fish the wall on the ICW, and that's that's where they'll be headed next with the, the, the dropping temperature. So good reports coming from the trestles train bridge. Uh, mixed, mixed bag, uh, half of them catching them on artificial and about half with live shrimp. So, uh, you know, fishing matrix. Uh, I even saw some reports with sparkle beetles, so. Uh, on a three-eighths ounce head, a uh, half ounce jig head also. Depending on that current, that current's, current's strong, you need to switch over to a half ounce sometimes to get down to the bottom. Um, and, and you know the routine. Look, we're starting at Firebreak 173. We're working the west side of that bridge. Uh, use that trolling motor to cover some water. Um, take note where you catch your first fish, and then you loop back around and hit that same spot over and over again. Um, if you have to, you know, you should be able to put together a nice box of fish. But actually, let's get to a few reports here uh, from the trestles. 
Uh, this one's from Jeremy Dutch, and he, he fished the train bridge, made an afternoon trip. Uh, he was using a sliding cork with a live shrimp underneath. Jeremy says the bite was slow uh, before the tide move, and that's the key. It seems to be the key these days with the trestles is moving water. Uh, he says he only caught five or six trout before 3.30 in the afternoon, but the bite got good when the tide started to fall. And um, after that, he was able to box 21 specks and a sheep's head. Uh, Jeremy says he saw others catching fish on artificial. He decided to try that, and uh, he let his line sit with the shrimp on the side. But after a couple of missed fish on the uh, shrimp line, <laughs> well, that, that ended that experiment. He went back to strictly fishing with live shrimp. Yeah, I don't blame you, Jeremy. Uh, hard to stick with the plastic when they're uh, clearly hitting the live shrimp, huh? Got another, another report. Uh, Kelly Krieger made an afternoon trip. Uh, fish mid-lake at the trestles and says the, the bites were hard to come by on plastic. Another tough report with plastic. Uh, spent an hour using several different plastics but didn't get a bite. Switched over to live shrimp on the bottom, and that's when they started pulling in the fish, Krieger says. Uh, trout hits were very subtle. He thought it was a crab on the other end of the line, he says. Uh, Kelly was fishing on the west side of the bridge with a strong falling tide. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, you know, colder that water gets, the more subtle those bites. Uh, when I think of soft speckled trout bites, I think of late November and early December fishing, you know, around around that wall in Chalmette. Uh, you know, colder water means subtle strikes most of the time. Kind of reminds me of a, a sockele bite sometimes. Sometimes those sockele just mild that bait, it seems. Got to gotta stay, stay aware of the, the rod tip and, and what your line's doing. But we're going to talk uh, more about the trestles with Andy Jones of Wicked Charters when he joins us in a few minutes. Uh, as far as the freshwater scene goes, cold fronts are going to affect the bass more than more than the trout, so you really have to stay away from the day after a front. But let's get to an interesting bass report here on North Shore Fisher Report. Uh, Randall Photo of Mandeville, he was setting his jug lines over on Bayou Lacombe, and he says he had a few minutes of daylight left. So he started fishing that shoreline in Powell Canal, and that's that's just off the main bayou right where that big bridge is on Lake Road. So he was uh, throwing a silver and black curly tail worm, and his phone rang. Uh, he looked down and saw that it was his wife, so he answered it. And lo and behold, he feels a thump, sets the hook, and, and now he's got a bass on the other end. Uh, he reeled it all the way up to the boat, uh, saw how big it was, and told the wife, well, got to let you go. It's a big one. <laughs> so he got in. He got it into the boat and uh, took it down to Bay Adventure, weighed it, and turns out he caught a 4.68-pound bass right there in Powell Canal. Boy, I think that's the truth, huh? Right when the phone rings, get on the phone, seems like you get a bite, huh? And you can check out that full story on uh, the front page of com. So we'll talk more about this. I'll, I'll get Chris Basie's uh, opinion on that, uh, talking on the phone while fishing when he joins us later on. Uh, Chris is into the bass fishing, and, and uh, he's got the latest on the tournament scene here on the North Shore. Uh, also, we're going to check in with Cajun Ray Miller and see what the crappie are up to now with the colder weather here. Ray fishes the Chifuncta River, so we'll get a report on that area and also get some tips for targeting sockeye with the cold, cold water temperatures. But coming up, it's Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. We're going to uh, talk Lake Pontchartrain fishing. So check in on Annie and see what the trestles are doing. Uh, you're listening to the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors, 105.3 HD2, or streaming live at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Be right back. Well, welcome back to the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. 
Coming up, we're going to get the scoop on what's biting in Lake Pontchartrain and also Lake Bourne. You know, uh, Lake Pontchartrain, we had a great fall this year. Uh, that lake has really recovered, and, and the fishermen were able to get back to normal as far as speckled trout goes. Uh, we've seen that northern shoreline of Lake Pontchartrain heat up. Now it looks like the uh, trout are on their way out of the lake, and that's that's their normal migration with the cold weather here. But it's not over for the lake. Uh, the Trestles train bridge over there in Slidell is, is produced these last few weeks, and it's still producing. Um, we've got Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters on the line right now, and He's going to clue us into to what's going on at the trestles and other locations. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm doing good. Cold start. Looks like a beautiful day coming up, huh? Yeah, well, we were hoping it was going to be a little warmer than this this morning, but it is an absolute gorgeous day. Not too many clouds, but I'm telling you, it's chilly. Yeah, well, need I remind you of uh, the last day of August and into September? That makes us well feel a whole lot better. <laughs> I, I, I swore I wasn't going to complain about about the uh, about the cold this year, and I started complaining on the first cold front. <laughs> feel to complain, Andy? Fishing today? We are out on we are out on the trussels taking a look right now. Yeah, we got John and Michelle, and uh, we are we are running around a little. Uh, little bumpier out here than we, we expected, but uh, it, it, we should have a fun day if we can keep everybody warm. Wind's blowing out the north? It's blowing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty good out of the north. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk about the trestles a little bit. What you seeing out there? What's the crowds like out there today? Well, we, I was really expecting it to be a lot, a lot more people out here than what we've got. We got a, definitely a few boats and guys looking. Um, it's not a, uh, it's not overly crowded, but I think this cold weather has kept a lot of people in. Yeah, yeah, maybe the, the forecast of the, the winds. I think we got ten to ten to fifteen. That'll do it for uh, you know Lake Pontchartrain. I'll keep maybe half the half the anglers off the water, but uh, hey. I've been with you and we had terrible conditions and we caught fish out there, huh? Absolutely. Uh, you just never know. And actually, days like today, I'm going to drop the trolling gear and do a little trolling and just see if we can, can't pull some stuff here uh, after we finish up with the show. Yeah. Um, so, so you have enough room out there to do some trolling? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, like I said, you got a few boats here and there. Uh, we got plenty of room, some good stretches, and, uh, yeah, it should definitely be worth taking a look. Yeah. Andy, you know, the trestles, they know those World Series trout uh, we catch along the bridge islands. Uh, but I've been watching the reports and, and you know, talking to some guys uh, who fish the bridge, and the trout are they're a good size. There's nothing wrong with 16 to 18-inch trout, but uh, – Seems like we're missing those headline-making trout, you know, those trout that are over five pounds. What's your thoughts on the, the overall size of the fish coming off the bridge? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, they're still beautiful trout, and, you know, when people see those bridge trout, just the thickness. Uh, and, you know, when you're used to seeing 12-inchers, and then all of a sudden you get the 16, 17 uh, with a little weight, you know, you're like, you know, you don't have to measure the fish. But uh, I agree with uh, that statement. You know, uh, it doesn't seem like we're we're seeing the big mules, mules like we normally see. 
Yeah, yeah. And hey, we're not we're not complaining here. We just this incredible recovery from that spillway. So just man, hey, like I said, sixteen to eighteen inch trout, you know. Well, that's why you've had three weeks of absolute mayhem out here. People started seeing <laughs> trout, and everybody everybody wanted to see what one looked like again. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can't keep a secret out there because you literally got thousands of of cars and trucks passing over that bridge, watching people, you know, what they're catching and everything. So. It's oh, hard yeah. to keep tight-lipped on that trestle bridge. When that bite turns on, everybody that's going over or anybody that's in the vicinity, uh, word gets out pretty quick. <laughs> Andy, what about Steve? Yeah. Uh, man, we had a phenomenal fall so far. Uh, still going strong. Uh, can, you know, take advantage yeah. of that, hitting the box? Right. The sheephead have been good. Um, the blue cats have absolutely been amazing. Uh, redfish, of course, have been uh, just steady. And been, you know, of course, we just had a fantastic year with the red. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, the sheephead are still there. The boxer of the lake, great fighting fish and a great eater, and uh, there's still been plenty to be found. Andy, I got a report here from Sam Coco Jr. You familiar with Sam's reports? He fishes from land over in, the, over in his neighborhood, in Oak Harbor and Slidell. Um, uh-huh. He fished Wednesday, fish Wednesday, caught eight specks and a flounder, all from land, all from his dock, uh, using a matrix shad and ultraviolet color. Uh, he says this is the best November he's ever had, fishing from land. When you catch eight specks and a flounder from land, you're doing pretty good. That's a that's a great day, and that's a lot of fun. You know, that is good, and that's great to hear. Um, I get people asking me all the time about places they can go from shore that, that produce, and, you know, Sure, you always feel like you're uh, you're a little bit against it, but I'll tell you, between the Chifuncta River and the, you get into uh, you know Oak Harbor and those areas, if you can get in there, there's definitely pockets of fish, and you can have great days. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Andy, have you frequented that uh, North Shore shoreline? I mean, that's that's pretty much dead. How those trying to move out to the trestles and moving out to deeper water? Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty quiet over there. We haven't seen anything. Um, I've been staying uh, between uh, Tefuncta River and the Causeway and the Trussels. You know, I like to run those areas. And um, we've had mixed, really good mixed boxes of uh, some giant, just beautiful blue cats, some sheepheads, some nice redfish on the western end of the lake. You know, we're not really seeing trout over there by the Causeway. Uh, and then as you get you know, further uh, further to the east over here, and you get a slide L, um, you know, the trout, reds, and the sheephead, you're still getting good boxes, so. Mm-hmm. What about uh, that Lakeshore Estates area, Andy? Uh, absolutely insane this year. Um, the trout have stacked up in there. It's been, you know, the word got out on that, just like on the trestles, and uh, really good boxes of fish coming out of there. Uh yeah, a lot, a lot of fish in there in those areas. The fish are looking for that good deep water, and they get in those canals, and, man, it's on. And you mentioned blue cats. What's what's the, the sentiments with your, your customers on blue cats? Are they, they willing to keep those and cut them up and eat those too? Well, I've got some people that absolutely love them more than anything, and I, I'm one of those guys that – uh, people don't want to keep them. I'm usually keeping them for myself, you know, but most everybody, uh, especially these are beautiful, um, cold water blues. I mean, they're as pretty as I've ever seen. 
and uh, they're phenomenal eating. So, uh, yeah, a lot of folks keep them, and they like them. Um, and, you know, we just kind of go by what the, what the customer's really looking for. If they say, hey, we just want to catch fish, we don't care, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll say, all right. Well, if they're targeting a specific species. You've got the right man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So then we they want to do uh, trout and reds, and we, you know, that we try to just target trout and reds for them. Yeah, another thing with those blue cats out in the lake, you don't have to worry about that muddy taste when eating catfish with with catching them out in the lake, huh? Yeah, I tell you, they're they're I'm, they're phenomenal. Uh, we haven't had any issues with the taste of those fish at all. Uh, there's like I said, they're as good or um, you know, they're as good as you get. So I got several guys who think that's the best fish in the lake. So. Mhm. Mhm. Andy, uh, man, those artificial reefs. I haven't hear, heard too much about them. Uh, that piling off of uh, Bayou Lacombe. I think they removed the piling now. It's harder to find that shell pad. But there's some other yeah. uh, artificial reefs. Any news coming from them? You know, I checked uh, I checked that pile the other day, and it. You know how those reefs are, man. They're either there or they're not. Um, yeah. And when they're there, you're on. You know, every time I go by there, I always want to take a peek. And, uh, they, you know, we just didn't have anything. We just didn't have anything over there. Um, I think we got one puppy drum the last time I checked that area. But, yeah, you're right. I haven't heard a lot coming from there. Um, I was thinking maybe with this cold snap, there might have been something moving on there today. Mm-hmm. It's always worth a shot. I mean, if you find yeah. it, generally you're going to be the only boat out there and, and you're going to hammer them possibly a limit if they're there know. if they're if if you get on them if you catch fish there and start you know you get one or two it's going to be on they're there right right it's got to right. pinpoint them andy flounder man I, i'm hearing reports from all across south louisiana it looks like we're over the hill with, with flounder um it was a tough uh tough few years but it looks like they're coming back maybe it had something to do with the oil spill maybe not um i hear you know different viewpoints from different people but Nevertheless, flounder look like they're back um, catching a flounder. We had a good season with a, with with several nice fish. It was great to see them come back. Like you said, it's been it's been really dry. Uh, we haven't had uh, we haven't had them in years. Really, it was, it was something that nobody was catching them. And then this year, mm-hmm. we've definitely seen uh, a resurgence. The fish are coming back, and you're you're seeing. Uh, Great posts on the on the fishing report. There, guys getting them, and then uh, on other sites you're seeing it. So, and we've definitely put a few few in the box, and we've released a few, and we've lost a few at the side just out of pure shock. So, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that, that two second pause, like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you got a, you got a uh, a favorite flounder recipe? Got Thanksgiving coming up, you know. Oh man, I love stuffed flounder stuff stuffed mm-hmm. with uh, crab meat. It doesn't get any better than that, you know. Um a good crab meat stuffing packed in that whole flounder. Um and then I love just fried flounder as well. So you know me, I'm not too picky when it comes to that food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to please that's me, probably... but that's one of my favorites right there. Yeah, that's stuffed flounder, stuffed with shrimp or stuff with uh crab like you said and you get that boy slotted into the oven you get that nice browning right over the top oh man it doesn't get any better than that sprinkle with a little lemon oh man it does not get any any better than that you got it right 
Andy, uh, shrimp, yeah, we, we're starting to see the shrimp kind of move out. What about bait fish? Any kind of surface action you're seeing? You, you paying attention to any of that? Yeah, um, I, you know, we were checking around for bait for the for this morning. Uh, I know it's getting a little tougher to come by. Um, you know, Isla Marina's done a great job of keeping them, but, you know, we'll get into that little time of the year where uh, it's going to get harder and harder to come by, and, uh, you know, you'll be going to artificials and trolling and, and all those, you know, different types of fishing. Yeah, absolutely. We'll hear that wind blowing, Andy. Uh, where can some folks get some information about booking a trip, buddy? Uh, go to the North Shore Fishing Report and click on our banner right there, along with all the other great sponsors got on that page, and anything they want to know about North Shore Fishing Report is right at their fingertips. All right, Andy, great talking with you this morning. Look, if I don't talk to you before uh, Thanksgiving, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, got any special recipes you're going to try this Thanksgiving? Well, you know, we always like that Cajun fried turkey. Doesn't get any better than that. Some ham, and uh, you know we'll uh, we might even have a little duck this year. I think the oldest got a few. Um, we're just going to mix it up and then just enjoy all the all the bounty that Louisiana has to offer, and just give our give our thanks for being here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, good luck today, Andy, and uh, keep me posted. Give me a report, man. All right, Keith. You guys stay warm and have a great weekend. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right, Andy Jones right there. Wicked Charters. Cold weather is here. Things are changing, but hopefully we can get a few more weeks of great fish in the lake before those water temperatures shut the bite down. All right, let's get to the break right quick. Uh, then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bass fishing with Chris Basie. Chris is the tournament director for Bass Assassins. He does a lot of bass fishing on the North Shore as well, so we'll talk to Chris and get some tips on transitioning over the cold weather bass fishing. Be right back. Welcome back to the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Up next, we're going to talk a little bass fishing, uh, more specifically bass tournament fishing. Up next is uh, Chris Basie. Chris is a tournament director for Bass Assassins, and he's also an avid bass fisherman here on the North Shore. Uh, also has a show called CB Bassin, in which he has tutorials about bass fishing, um, tips. he got some tricks. he got some how-tos, got a tournament blog uh, as well. Uh, you can find that on NorthShoreFishingReport.com. So, Chris joins me right now. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Keith. Chris, now, the, the tournament scene on the North Shore, it's winding down. Most tournaments are, are wrapping up for the year, and uh, we'll start back up in January. Uh, what tournaments are still going on right now? Uh, you still got the Liars and Lunkers and the Pearl River Team Trails are still going on right now. And that's all. Awesome. And- and you guys are done, Bass Assassins? Yes, sir. We're done until uh, February, and we'll have our classic at the beginning of February. And then the regular season starts off on the third Sunday in February. Chris, where did you guys fish last? Uh, was that East Pearl? Yes, sir. It was East Pearl. And uh, very, very tough <laughs> right <laughs> during that tournament. Talk a little bit about true. that tournament, if you don't mind. Uh, just in true uh, 2019 form, it seems like this whole year has been nothing but fronts and high water and rain and storms. And the East Pearl was muddy, cold. The weather was really cold. We had a front two days before it. So nothing was looking mm-hmm. good for us. Uh, you know, 17 guys showed up to fish it, and uh, 
Eric Seco, he had he had to pull out a win to get his angler of the year points back and and win the angler of the year title, and he ended up doing it. He, he only had four keepers, but he ended up winning with those four fish. So he got the wow. angler of the year also. Yeah, that's great. What a great fisherman, um, man! Four fish and he won the tournament. How huh? was the total total uh, weight? He had four fish for eight seven, and right behind him in second place was Danny Giovingo with five fish eight two. So it was close. Mm-hmm. If he'd have yeah. lost, if he'd have lost, I'm sure he'd have kicked himself in the butt for not having that fifth fish. Yeah, <laughs> man. So you guys have your classic coming up. What, what, what's that in February? You said. Yes, sir. It'll be February second. And how many anglers will be fishing that? There'll be nineteen of them qualified for it. Nineteen and qualifying for that goes throughout the year, huh? You get, you get first place right. and you automatically qualify. Yeah. Well, Chris, you know, talk a little bit about the the winter transition as far as what you're targeting. Um, I have to think you're looking for sun-soaked features like wood, uh, rocks, bulkheads, wharfs, uh, lily pads. First off, talk, talk a little bit about what that means, you know, like a sun-soaked feature. Right. Uh, anything that the sun is pounding on that is outside of the water, it pulls and it also goes into the water. It pulls the heat into the water. And and it's funny you talk about that because that's the pattern I was running for that East Pearl tournament. Any metal bulkhead or any concrete or rock that I could find, I was fishing those banks because the water was a couple of degrees warmer that in that area. And any time that they can find something, it's like a warming blanket to them. You get home, you want to pull your blanket over on your recliner, it's the same thing to them. So so we're finding actual structure that that's, the sun can touch and then it's bringing that, that right. sun, uh, that warmth down into the water. Right. Uh, what, else, what, what are we changing as far as uh, – Dates. Uh, we're throwing different colors. We're throwing. Uh, we're throwing. Yeah. Crankbaits, spinnerbaits. Generally, I like to go. Usually, the water gets a little bit clearer during the winter. Something you know, not all the time, but sometimes. And I like to have more of a natural color. And also, I'm gonna kind of downsize as the winter goes on. It gets really cold. I start downsizing my baits because they're not really looking to eat that much. They're metabolism has slowed down with the colder weather so they don't need to eat that much like in the summertime so i'm gonna downsize my lures slow down and and fish methodically that's basically the the adjustment i'm gonna make Mm -hmm. well chris let's play uh thumbs up thumbs down Uh, you know how it works i call out a specific location and you give us a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down as to whether or not that location is worth a shot this weekend. We're going to start. Let's head on over to uh, Bayou Bonfica. We're going to launch at Heritage Park, head south to Palm Lake Bayou. Uh, we're going to fish the put those turns in the bayous. Thumbs up or thumbs down? That's a thumbs up right there. That's that's kind of the areas I'm going to key in on right now because these fish are going to move in to the pockets and into the bayous. And any of the curves that have the deeper water in them, real close to something like a dock or a rock bank like we were just talking about. I'm going to fish those areas because in the morning, they're going to kind of be a little bit deeper. But once that sun starts hit pounding on that bank, they're going to start moving up to get to that warmth. Mm-hmm. So that's the areas I'm going to really concentrate on right there. All about the warmth, huh? 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, let's head on over to West Pearl, launch at Crawford's Landing. We're going to head south to Devil's Elbow. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, right now, it's a thumbs down. That, that river's at 15 and a half foot right now, and all of that's going to be muddied up and nasty right now. I don't even know if you can get to the bank in that area, so I'm going to definitely say thumbs down now. <laughs> sounds like a big thumbs down. That sounds like a – that's a dumb question. <laughs> Two thumbs down right there. <laughs> Two thumbs down. Yeah. All right, let's move over uh, to Punta River. Let's launch at 4th Street, and uh, we're going to head south to the docks uh, right before the interstate. Thumbs up or thumbs down? That's a thumbs up in that area. Uh, that's an area just kind of like in the Bonfuca area. they got deep water right there that they can retreat to, and a lot of docks along there to warm up the water and bulkheads. So I'm definitely thumbs up in that area. All right, Chris. Uh Let's 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 get over. We've got one more tournament that I wanted to get out there, and, and you don't qualify for this. This this is Mr. Joe Picconi's club. This is the Double Nickel Bass Club. You got to be 55 years of age or over to fish it. Uh, there's a three fish limit. There's a twenty dollar entry fee, and they're going to be fishing over at the Green Bridge at the East Pearl River, heading towards Pearlington over there. Uh, that's going to be Thursday, November 29th. That's Black Friday. Uh, so hopefully uh, Mr. Joe gets a good turnout for that one. Chris, I think you got a few more years to qualify for that, huh? Yeah, i got a few more years, and Joe threatened it when I reached 55. He's going to move it to 56. So, oh, uh, <laughs> that sounds like Social Security. He's going to keep bumping it right above my head. So, yeah, I got a few All right, more. yeah, so – Hopefully, and they and uh, Mr. Joe runs things a little bit differently. Like I said, as a three fish limit, so um, and they usually fish yeah. during the week. So he's going to try to put this thing together on Black Friday. Should be no excuse for guys not to get out there. So maybe you know, watch the weather. The only thing that could that could hamper conditions right, right. out there is maybe a cold front coming through. But well, all right, Chris, um, talk a little bit about. Um, you know, we don't we don't hear too many reports about you know fishing soft plastics around the cold. It's usually spinner baits and cranks. But but I, I'm getting a few reports over there on Bayou Bonfica. Uh, Daniel Sissick and his his dad are fishing. His dad's Roger, and they're they're sticking with the plastic worms and they're just tearing it through that grass. And right when it passes the grass, they're just letting it flutter down and, and bam, they're hitting it on the way down. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh, that's a like I said, I, I I think I mentioned that in one of my videos lately that the speed worm is just, it's a staple, you know. And when everything else is not working, I just go to that speed worm and just reel it through that grass like they're doing and drop it in the holes or drop it at the edge. Uh, it always seems to work no matter what time of year it is. You know, as far as like during the winter, I'll use a rattle trap every now and then or, or a square bill, but I'll use them more when it's post-frontal, when I, when the fish don't want to bite, when I'm trying to make a reaction bite. But when it's slowed down, it's just cold, I'm going to throw slower baits and slow down with the – because everything else is being slow right then, and everything else is acting slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I've fished with that worm in a soft plastic where you let it drop, and in the winter it's so cold that – the clarity of the water is really good, and you can right. actually see the flash of the fish when it hits, and you can see that that line tick, and you just set the hook. So, like you said, everything's slower. Um, as far as crankbaits go, 
If you, you know, I see some guys and they'll rip that crankbait through the wood and it's hit knocking on wood and everything. Can you do that? Because I've tried it and I'm like, man, I can't lose this, this crankbait. I can't rip it through that wood, you know. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you, you got to have a square bill. I mean, you got to have, because the rounded bills won't bounce off of the structure as much. If you use a square bill, it will bounce right over everything. I've thrown it through treetops, tree over rocks. Every now and then you'll get it hung up, but you, it works really good because it causes a reaction. If that fish is sitting there minding his business and all of a sudden something boom, hits the wood and bounces off in front of him, he just strikes just out of reaction. And that's really the bite you're looking for right there. Absolutely. Chris, you got any uh, Thanksgiving plans this year? Are you hitting the road or staying home? I'll be around here, uh, hopefully fishing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I go out and, and pester the 55 and older crowd. <laughs> <laughs> hackle them? You're going to hackle them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hackle them for a little while. That ought to be fun. I got a few jokes for you, Lem. I'll email you a few jokes you can heckle them with, okay? I just want to say that's all in good fun. I joke to them, them guys are amazing guys, and we have a blast out there messing with each other. <laughs> a lot of them are sponsored by Geritol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to bring up some cases of it. Let's hope <laughs> Mr. Joe doesn't have his radio on right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be calling me, don't worry. <laughs> Well, all right, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, man. No problem, man. Thank you. Yeah, all right. All right, Chris Basie right there, heckling the, the double nickel bass tournament fisherman. <laughs> always good to hear from him. Uh, being a tournament director, you know, you always have the scoop on what areas are doing good right now. And Chris definitely knows that area well, uh, the North Shore with the rivers, all the rivers and bayous that are that are on the North Shore. Also, I want to remind folks, if you need any information as far as bass tournaments go, you go to NorthShoreFishReport.com, click on the North Shore Bass Series page, and it's got all the tournament results and upcoming tournament information for you right there. All right, stick around. Cajun Ray Miller up next on the show. It's the North Shore Fish Report on a cold November Saturday morning. Grab yourself a hot cup of coffee, and let's talk fishing. Be right back. Welcome back. Okay, I have with me our next guest, uh, Ray Miller of Madisonville. Ray focuses on that Trafuncta River area, but he also ventures off the Trafuncta every once in a while to, to track down those crappie. And uh, things are starting to look a little more suitable for Sokolay. The weather's getting cold. Uh, those Sokolay are heading into deeper water, schooling up nicely. So we're going to check in with Ray Miller right now to get the scoop on the Sokolay scene here on the North Shore. Good morning, Ray. Morning, Keith. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Beautiful day, looking like we have a ahead of us and a beautiful stretch of uh, warming weather. Yeah, we need that. Ray, now you concentrate on the Jafunta River mostly, but uh, is there any other rivers that you frequent? Or what's your second favorite river on the North Shore to, to fish for Sokolak? Well, I fish the Jafunta, and then I go to the Tickfall and also Lacombe uh, in that order. You know, Lacombe used to be a primo. Sokolay, but mm-hmm. ever since Katrina, it hasn't been the same. So with Tickfall, I've gone there several times, and I'm kind of learning that waters as well. But uh, it's an awesome place, like the Chifuncta. Absolutely. So what's the Chifuncta look like right now? Well, it's looking a lot, lot better. It was getting much better, and then this north wind kind of blew in, and uh, it muddied up the water a little bit. But 
and it's just kind of in sections. And uh, but it's um, it's certainly getting uh, to be winter uh, winter time uh, fishing condition. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're right about that. Talk a little bit about your last trip, if you don't mind. That went yesterday um, uh, uh, with Adam Roussel. He's a new North Shore Fishing Report guy. And uh, we took off out of uh, 4th Street Boat Launch. And um, we were just kind of tooling along. And I, I have, not far from the Boat Launch, I have like five spots. I said, well, let's just hit a couple of them and see what's up. Well, we pull up to the first spot. We didn't catch anything. We went down to the second spot. We call it Anaconda. And uh, before you could blink, I had four fish in the boat. And he's he's still looking. He said, hi, damn, you know, he's, uh, you're going to outfish me today. Huh? I said, I hope so. So, uh, but I caught him on caught him on jigs real quick. But we caught geez, we caught fish. We fished until about one o'clock, and we caught fish at every spot that we went to. But we caught a lot of what uh, uh, our gentleman angler calls tacos. We caught a bunch of throwbacks, and uh, but we ended up catching twenty really nice fish. And I saw jig rig out there, and he was doing the same thing. He caught a bunch of little bitty fish, so which is good. You know, that means we had a heck of a spawn. I scanned one spot where we were catching these little fish in the tree that was underneath the water. It was unbelievable how many fish were underneath that tree. It was it was awesome. But every time you drop that jig down there, boom, boom. You know, but these little fish talk. We call them tacos, like four mm-hmm. inch fish, four five inch fish. So, which is really good for the fishery. I mean, we're going to have plenty of fish over the next couple of years for sure. <clears throat> but uh, absolutely, we caught some. We caught a few nice bass as well, you know. So, but um, the biggest fish we caught was like fourteen and a half. But we had several of them in there with eleven and twelve inch fish. So now those uh, a really those big decent day. Those bigger fish that you mentioned are those mixed in with the the smaller fish, or do they tend to to stay in schools of their own? Well, no, they'll be most of the time these bigger fish. They're going to be there, uh, but well, and you're right. They're not not necessarily mixed in with all these little fish. They're going to be away from them. Uh, when we caught those bigger fish, we caught some smaller fish on one side of the brush pile, and on the opposite side in deeper water is where we caught the bigger fish. Uh, we were catching some of the, these bigger fish. Uh, we were fishing in about 21 foot of water, and fishing 12 14 foot deep so yeah but the smaller fish we were catching fishing about eight or nine feet at the top of the brush mm-hmm. pile so the bigger fish mm-hmm. were down on the below so yes all right you mentioned it's definitely looking like wintertime fishing what does that look like as far as as sockeye what are they doing what are, what are they transitioning uh away they from into water they okay. transition to deeper water uh, you know, I guess to to stay warmer, and uh, mm-hmm. it's not that you're gonna during the winter time you you're gonna catch fish, but you gotta fish deeper. That's the whole bottom line. They're gonna be in deeper water, deeper brush piles. Uh, usually during the winter time, everything I do is gonna be 12, 14 foot deep in about 20, 21 foot of water. You know, and mm-hmm. it's and mainly fishing, which kind of made it tough for me yesterday because it was such a hard north wind. And it blew hard all day. And all my deep yeah. spots are in the river. You know, and when you get a north wind, it just blows straight down that river. Heck, we had white caps in the river. Mm. And I got home. I was so cold. 
I, my wife brought me a blanket, and I sat in my recliner for four hours before I started to warm up. I wasn't prepared for the, I was prepared for the cold, you know, so that I've had wind. a scratchy throat since. But that wind just sliced through you. And Adam mm-hmm. wasn't prepared for it at all. He just wore regular blue jeans <laughs> instead of wearing some insulated pants. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's probably sick this morning, too. But, uh, you know, it was a good day, but it was just cold. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Jig Rig said, yeah. put on some more. Put on some more insulated underwears and go fishing Saturdays. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I've seen his post. It looked like he filled up that, that uh, ice chest. Yeah, that picture, he did. Huh? He caught some nice ones. And because uh, it, it worked out perfect for him. When we got to the boat launch, the uh, the water was up on it. It was over the boat launch, over the not over it, but you couldn't see under it. And the tide, mm-hmm. that was the other part of the problem we had yesterday. The tide started kicking so hard, but it worked right into his plan. It dropped that water so much where he could start flipping underneath those boat docks. Yeah. He's got, and just, uh, he's got a few of them. It's not every boat dock on the river is good, but man, he knows exactly which ones work out when that sun comes up and they, and that water's dropping and he hit them and boy, he busted them up pretty good. Yeah. If you notice, he's, he's if you more of a, his pictures, do I? And he he's a caster, so so I think the wind affects him a lot less than than your style of of digging straight yeah, down. He, you know, he was a, he was more in, in uh, he was more in the inside waters. He was fishing a lot of boat docks that were inside uh, out of yeah. out of the river. <clears throat> so yeah, just different styles of fishing. But if you notice, if you look at his box, uh, if you look at the pictures on there, you'll see he had more blacks uh, in there, and I had more whites. So that that's where you can really tell the difference. Uh, the little bit sh- the shallower water is going to be more blacks. The deeper water in the river is going to be more whites. Oh, okay. So whites are in deeper water. And uh, what are you? You're away from the shiners now. Are huh? you going strictly jigs? No, I was using both yesterday. Uh, actually, oh, okay. We pull up to a spot. I was using a jig, and uh, Adam was using shiners. You know, so okay. and then uh, if uh, if if I got a bite, we both both were using shiners. I mean, uh, jigs, and then he started catching. We both flipped over to shiners. So it's whatever it took yeah. to catch him and put him in the boat, you know. What color jigs are working for you? You're still using puke, brown, and orange? Well, for me, yesterday, puke was uh, orange, white, and chartreuse. Uh, that orange, was white for me yesterday. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's puke, orange, white, chartreuse. And uh, the <laughs> other color was uh, electric chicken, of course. Of course, as, huh? Uh, as the, yeah, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. as the as the water clears up, that you know that's going to change. Uh, of course, the electric chicken's going to work pretty much most of the time. But uh, in in uh, in January and February and March, uh, most of the time I'm going to be using, uh, um, especially in the middle of the spawn. You know, like in, in February, I'm going to be using uh, a black and gold. Uh, jig, hair jig, you know, 30 mm-hmm. second of an ounce, about two foot on the cart. They tear that thing up. And then as mm-hmm. the water kind of clears up in that river, you know, we'll be moving the plastics and, man, just a litany of colors I'm going to have. Uh, you know, I got black and chartreuse, black green chartreuse, uh, blue ice, blue grass. Then if the water gets really clear, you know, that pink and chartreuse. You know, so those are the color selections that, you know, I typically use, you know, uh, and like I said, it just depends on the water clarity uh, over the course of the year. But those are the, the main colors that I use. 
Well, all right, Ray, we are running out of time quickly here. Uh, How's that river traffic? It's it's quieting down a little bit with with the colder weather? It was awesome. (laughs) I think we saw three (laughs) boats yesterday. Oh, man. The water temperature was like 55 degrees, so you're not going to have any water skiers. I don't believe in this. This It's way too – my wife is sitting here saying it's way too cold. So, but yes, I've seen some people surprise me, though, on that river. You think it's too cold, you see a jet ski come around the corner. <laughs> yeah, are they wearing a war, uh, one of those, those suits? <clears throat> so, and look, one more thing I had to, yesterday we got back to the boat launch and there was a guy in a truck and he kept going back and forth, back and forth. And he finally stopped and uh, he came over and talked to me. And uh, he mm-hmm. says, uh, he lived just a few blocks off the river. He said, but I fish Bayou Lacombe all the time. And I said, really? I said, you know, fish the river? He says, no, I, I just really don't. I've never caught any fish in this river. I said, really? And uh, hmm. he said, what are y'all? He asked us what we were fishing. I said, Sokolay. He says, you're catching them at this time of the year? So I hollered over to Adam. <laughs> he was in the truck. And I said, Adam, can you catch Sokolay all year round? Yep. <laughs> so he come over and opened the box. He says, well, I'll be doggone. He said, I guess I'll have to start fishing the river. And he lives on the river. You know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are fish that'll disappear on you. All right, Ray, thanks for joining us, buddy. All right, good luck. Later, man. Take care. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show this morning. Certainly had fun this morning. Learned a lot from our, our guests. Want to thank our guests for coming on and sharing their knowledge. And uh we'll pick back up next week for another edition of More Outdoors from seven to nine, heard right here on WWL one oh five point three H D two. Maybe hear about uh Don's hunting trip over in, in, in North Dakota. Until then, I'm Keith Lusher signing off. This has been the North Shore Fisher Report on More Outdoors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.